You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes. And even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will love pride So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello, hello. Welcome to the GFR show. I am so glad you're here. If this is your first time here, welcome. You are here for a reason, and I cannot wait for you to discover what that is. So today's show is featuring a guest that's returning. Now, I've only had, I think, a handful of guests that have come back a second time, and it's always because they've went through something, and they come back, and they're like, okay, this needs to be on the GFR show. I need to talk about this with Lisa Cherney. So Dr. Veronica is the guest, and she reached out to me and said, hey, I've been through a thing. I've learned something. I want to share about it. I want to talk with you about it. So I was really happy to have her on. So the last time Dr. Veronica Anderson was on the show was two years ago, and her episode was called From Depressed Eye Surgeon to Clairvoyant Psychic. And this episode, as you know, is called From Token Friend to Textile Artist. So, I mean, she gave me that title, and I was like, textile artist, what? So I could not wait to hear what she was up to, and I'm really excited we're releasing this episode on video and in where all you all the audio podcasts places are because she holds up some of her new textile products and shares with us about this new company that she's launching. So I'm super excited about that. So let's kick this off with a interesting question, which is, have you ever felt like a victim? And if so, what did you do about it? Ephrath felt like the victim, and if so, what did you do about it? So, juicy question, right? So, Dr. Veronica had an experience in the last couple of years where she had feelings of feeling like she was a victim, and she shares what she did about it and how it actually helped launch this new business. So let me tell you a little bit about her credentials. So she is a multifaceted, underscore multifaceted entrepreneur. <laughs> She's a holistic healthcare expert. She's a Colby certified consultant, which is this really cool assessment that is used to help hire the right people. And she's a human design coach with a wealth of knowledge and experience. Her entrepreneurial ventures have spanned multiple industries from healthcare to real estate to e-commerce and auto exportation, which I didn't even know about that till I read it in her bio. <laughs> she provides individuals and organizations with a unique perspective on health, well-being, and promoting growth and transformation on both the personal and professional sides. And she really, really gets that mind-body connection. In fact, leaving conventional medicine, closing a multi-seven-figure eye surgery practice because she so much believed that she needed to really focus on helping people holistically when it comes to their health and well-being. And now she works with organizations and leaders and all kinds of stuff. She's written four books, both in the holistic uh, medicine area and personal growth. I can't wait for you to discover those books. We'll put links in the show notes here. And she's been featured and the books have been featured in major media outlets. She lives in three different places, which I just love. Talk about like creating the life you want. Her boys are grown and her and her hubby live in Pennsylvania, Harlem in NYC and in Nice, France. And I happen to know that she's learned French just in the last like six or seven years since I've known her, um, become fluent and has um, spent extended periods of time in France. 
So if that isn't interesting enough, what we talk about is related to her experience as a Black woman and being in an organization that was a predominantly white organization during the time that George Floyd was murdered and in the aftermath of what happened in our country. And she shares about an experience of her speaking up in this group and what happened and how she really metabolized the experience and started out feeling like a victim and then shares a couple different sort of thought models that she's learned where being a creator or being cre creative is a way to shift out of victimhood. And so what does she do? She will be launching a new business in the textile industry where she's created products, meditation, yoga, you know, those kinds of holistic wellness products. And she's featuring artists from South Africa, different parts of the country, indigenous artists, and giving, obviously giving them a platform and then creating these beautiful products. And if you're watching this on video, she holds up the products so we can see, you know, what she's going to be launching. And I'm super excited to talk to her about it. And it was just such a shining example of what the GFR show is all about. Struggle that has a purpose. You know, and our listeners and our guests really get that. And I know for me, when I'm going through some shit, I'm like, all right, can't wait to see what this is about. And I can't wait to share it because I know once I share it with you all is when I really get to, like, it really pumps up the volume on the spiritual lessons. So Dr. Veronica is going to share a few different spiritual lessons that she's learned in the last few years. And I'm just super excited for you to journey with me on this conversation. It was really, really interesting. Like, you know, a lot of our conversations sort of have this sort of plan sort of arc. And I said, okay, let's just do it. Let's just turn on the recording and see what happens. And so you'll get to be on the adventure with me, hearing about her experience, what she learned. And maybe you will learn some things about your experience as it relates to social justice and things that you're involved in or want to be involved in and how you can do that. So without further ado, Miss Dr. Veronica Anderson. Dr. Veronica, welcome back to the GFR show. You know, I haven't said that to many people, so I'm glad to have you among them. <laughs> it's fun to be back and reconnect after a little bit of a long time. Not super long, but a little bit of a long time to catch up. Yeah, a couple up. years. A couple years. So you were last on the show August 2021, and your episode title was From Depressed Eye Surgeon to Clairvoyant Psychic. And we had a really juicy conversation. I mean, girl, you you have a juicy story. You know, it's really fun to, especially like, oh, you're an eye surgeon. Why would you ever stop being an eye surgeon? Well, I would if I wasn't happy. <laughs> I didn't like it. And so I love, I just loved you sharing your background and what led you to that career choice and then transitioning out and transitioning out of marriage. And so we'll link to that episode in the show notes. But this episode is really about the last, like the time really since then, or maybe even including that year where, you know, you were having some experiences. I'm excited you reached out and suggested like some, you know, things for us to talk about, you know, and black woman to white woman and former client to, you know, mentor and friend, colleague, like all of the ways that we have played together, I think will make for a juicy conversation. So I'm glad you're here. Yes. And I'm here because you are one of the people that I feel I could talk real to and say, let me just tell you how things looked and turned out on a grand scheme of things. And I think other people need to hear this perspective because it's a different perspective and it's more circumspect and less, you know, I feel like, especially when we talk about the racial type stuff, it's so charged and angry and so you did charged. this, but I was just like, okay, here's, here's what would make it better. <laughs> here's something to, to think about now that you've gotten past that particular phase, what are next steps? to make things better and evolve. And I knew you were the type of person that would be open to listening to that 
based on all the, say I've listened, I, sometimes I can't remember whether I talk to you or I listen to a podcast. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> Your podcast about, you know, unconscious bias and the body and you in business and all the, the different iterations you've gone through. It's like, okay, let's, let's just be real and talk about what happened during that time and where we are now and what could make it better. So that's what made yeah. me. Re- yeah. I love that. And of course, I just love hearing like a first person account of like what your experience has been and yeah. And what would make it better. And I'm like willing to I know that you're definitely not in the blame game or anything. You're speaking from your experience and it's like, Hey, like, what's my part? What's my part? Because I feel like that is the ultimate right outcome that we would want. I think from this conversation is just for anybody listening, just to ask like, what's my part? What part did, have I played? What part can I play in the future? You know, because I feel like that's everything, right? If we could just, if we're just open to asking those things of ourselves, would you agree? Yes. And for me, I have not gone and walked a church route for many years at this point, but I had a lot of teachings that I remember. And when we talk about this, and like I said, I don't blame you for this. It's more like Jesus on the cross. I know you're Jewish. Jesus on the cross, Jesus is Jewish too. When he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so that's where I feel about it. I forgive you. You don't know exactly that that's what you were doing. But how right. you know what you're doing, if somebody speaks up and says, let me just point a few things out to you from a learning perspective. And maybe you're open at this point in time because we're away from the event and it's not going to be so emotionally charged to talking about what can you do going forward and how could it look different? And can you think about it in, in this particular way? And I know yeah. you have you have friends that you can run this by what I'm saying <laughs> to see is she full of crap? And I offer that. If you ever get to something where you say, hmm, I'm not quite sure about that, that's what, reach out and ask, how would you feel about this? How does this feel? Yeah. Not- well, and I think that's everything, right? That's everything. It's like, so let's not talk in vague terms. So after the murder of George Floyd, there was a huge, obviously, awake, you know, not even awakening, upheaval you know, in the awareness around how Black people are treated, how people of color are treated, bias, all this kind of stuff. And I remember for me, like after it first happened, I'm like, I should be fucking doing something, but I don't know what that is. And I know I care, but I really, I don't know what it is. And I knew that I wanted to get some education, but I didn't know, like I wasn't feeling guided from the options that were, you know, kind of in front of me. And then finally in 2021, so like a year, a year or so later, I had the opportunity to participate in some training around unconscious racial bias and discovering what my unconscious racial bias, you know, are and learning about racism, learning about the history, you know, learning about myself in the process. And so I leaned in. It, it, it just felt right. And I did, you know, it just felt like what I was supposed to do when I leaned in. And so I feel like there was, there's like an, there was like, like you said, earlier when we were preparing for this episode, there was sort of this initial wave of people caring more, people asking questions more, people willing to get more educated. And now it feels different. It feels like there's a new, how does the period now feel different than than that period? Well, what happened during that period? And it's the hierarchy or the way the country has been set up in that we went through that whole period and it a lot of times came to how white women feel about the circumstance, not really what was going on. Now, I'm not blaming you for where you are and you can only have the experience that you're having just as I could only have the experience that I am. That's why there's no blame in this. Yeah. But I mean, unconscious know. bias is unconscious bias. Like I learned like it's not my fault. <laughs> blame you for what you don't know, just like you can't blame me for what I don't know. But now we're more aware about this. And I think it is clear to a lot of people. I mean, the woman who wrote White Fragility probably made more money than any black person during that time period. Why? <laughs> okay. Because what, what happened, in my opinion, is there were people who care, 
who felt really like, like you said, oh my God, I feel so I should be doing something. And then what proceeded to happen is they did what they felt they should do without even asking those of us who are in this group of people that you claim to care about what we want or what we feel would help. Now, every person who walks around in a brown skin would probably answer that differently. But for me as an entrepreneur with my own business, CIS, plural, (laughs) I want you to support my business. And what does that mean? Collaborate with me, refer me, buy my products, put me on your stage. Something that leads to direct money. Okay. Money. That's not what happened. Everybody wanted you on their podcast. They wanted to talk to you and that made people feel better. And I'm like, I love doing podcasts. These type of things are fun, but it's not going to make me money like directly. It's not like tomorrow I'm going to get a check for doing what I do well. So I don't want you to just have me talk about black stuff. That's not what my jam is. It's about you know, helping people in other ways, helping people, you know, getting, there's a couple things that I do, but helping people find, fix, and keep the right type of relationships, like people who have issues in work and their boss and want to move up and can't figure out what's going on on the other side on romantic yeah. relationships. I was telling you about the relationship quiz we talked yeah. about. Yeah. So that's put like, that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's very interesting, the relationship quiz, because you know, people will take it multiple times because they don't like the answer that they pick. (laughs) (laughs) It's like when I'm pulling angel cards or oracle cards. And I always say, when you pick the one that you don't want, that's the one you really need, (laughs) you know? And and I've had people say, shut up, stop talking to me. And I'm like, you're the one that reached out. You're the one that took the quiz and got the answer to the quiz. I mean, so it's it's intense when you reflect and look in that mirror and see what's going on. So So, so I I want to make sure that we're making, that we're not glossing over the point that we're you. I'm going back to that point. What happened is, you know, to rehash a little bit is I was in the middle of a circumstance of intensity where I was sort of the black person there and it was not uplifting. Is that a nice way to put it? It was not an uplifting situation. Well, you were a black, and I think it's important to say, so let me just pause for a second for our listeners. And so the context that that we're working our way towards here is spiritual lessons, like spiritual lessons that we've learned since since spiritual lessons you've learned since we talked last a couple of years ago. You know, maybe I'll throw in a spiritual lesson or two for sure. You know that I've listened, that I've you know walked through. That's relevant, and and I think you know that's what this show is about. It is about overtly acknowledging our personal experience that contributes to our work in the world and the stand we take. And I know that your work in the world has evolved much since we talked the last, you know, couple of years, which I can't wait to hear about. And I know that it has been somewhat influenced by these experiences that you've, that you've had in that post, you know, George Floyd COVID era and the way that it's impacted you, the way that it has shaped your experiences and your choices. And that's where this conversation, just to kind of give people kind of a context, that's where this conversation is going to go. And the title of this episode is From Token Friend to Textile Artist. So, and we, and I don't even know yet this textile artist part, but I just fucking love that. I can't wait to hear about that. It really does. It's very, I know. And I'm, okay, great. I can't, I, I just can't wait to hear about it because it is fun to have, I've had a handful of guests back and to me, it's all about, okay, what you been up to since we talked last and how has that struggle contributed to your next phase of your evolution, which is constant, which is constant, which is why I like, like having my solo episodes because people get to hear my upward spiral or whatever is happening. The feels not always feel upward, but you know, whatever is happening and how that contributes. And you know, that's what we're all about here. So. So spiritual lessons learned. So I would love to hear, well, well, first I want to make sure that we circle back around to what we were talking about, but I just felt like I wanted to insert a little bit of framework for what we're talking about. I want to hear spiritual lessons, but I also, and I also want to kind of reiterate something that you were saying, which maybe you didn't say it exactly, but you, you tell me this represents where you were 
going or what you wanted to emphasize, but, but it's at this point, maybe even back then, but especially now is the desire to be asked, how can I support you in a genuine way? And, and to give you the opportunity to say what you would love and have that person, you know, decide whether they can do it or not. And something more than a token effort. Yes. And when, when notice also, I'm not asking you to rescue me. (laughs) So let me just tell you, I never had a Barbie when I was growing up because they didn't have black Barbies at that time. And my mother Mm -hmm. would buy me black dolls that represented us. So we would be proud of who we are. Now they have beautiful black Barbies. I'm very, so I went to see the Barbie movie and the best line was Lynn, what, you know, Barbie, white woman saved the world, Barbie. (laughs) That's what it felt like during Mm. that whole time. It felt like people who had some type of caring, and I'm not saying it wasn't genuine. It was genuine caring. We're figuring out how to, quote, unquote, save the world or fix the situation, but fix the situation because they felt bad and how do I make myself feel better? And so they were doing what made themselves feel better. And you should take care of yourself first. That's self-care. But now that you've made yourself feel better, let's talk about if anything really happened, if you stopped and what could be done now. And so people asking me, are you okay? That was, you know, some people have others said that, of course I'm okay. I've been okay all these years. And what you're watching out there now and you saw because you were stuck in our house, I mean, I had post-traumatic stress disorder from seeing things like that, including during my medical training. You see what I'm saying? So these things have been happening and they're still happening. And I'm okay because this is what I learned that I did during that situation that I was wrong, but the lesson was learned, is I don't get in, in the middle of business that's not my business. And so what happened during that circumstance, my lesson was learned is it was none of my business. Yeah. So the circumstance, just to reiterate, so the circumstance was you were a member of an organization within the industry of that you were in at the time, wellness, and it was a predominantly white or which many are, but predominantly white. white except me. Okay. But okay. I'm the only person of color. But not far from it. Okay. Yeah. And so there was a situation, I believe, anyway, we don't need to get into any of the details. But what I'm saying about that is, in order for you to be, let's say, mentally well and spiritually well and balanced, you have to understand what your lane is. And your lane has, and this is my opinion, and also, you know, my, my coach was teaching about this. And I was like, that's exactly how I've gotten through most of my life right? Not getting into those issues that are not directly related to my life purpose. So I'm in the situation where I'm the black person, maybe there's two or three other people, but every, you know, what happens a lot of times when you're the black person and you're trying to build your business is that you're ingratiating yourself and kowtowing to all the white people around thinking that you're going to be part of the group, but you will never be really. And that's what happens. And so they all said, we don't give a crap what you, half of them said, we don't give a crap what you said. And other half said, and shut up. And then it ended up, you know, canceling me after saying, listen, you should listen to what we have to say. You should ask us, you should have some real friends. And I got canceled. But then what I realized is, what they say about their business and their brand is really none of my business. It really is. So you say I, this was one of the spiritual lessons that you learned? It's a, it's a lesson that became very salient. It's not my business. It was their business. They could do whatever and say whatever the hell they want to. And if I don't like it, I could leave. They, they kicked me out of it. But but before, you know, I, w- I left because I'm like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Now, saying this is not where I'm supposed to be is interesting because I was supposed to be there at a particular time and place for something to happen because that's where I met right. Lisa I met Lisa Sasevich through this organization and that's why I'm here talking to you right. I met um, other people through the organization and I can show you the lineage that went back to that yeah. wasn't directly from those top individuals or any of those people like that but there were alliances very close like this that were formed because I showed up in a really uncomfortable situation. Yeah. What I'm hearing you say is like, 
we are where we're supposed to be until we're not supposed to be there anymore. Right. And, and sometimes we stay longer in relationships, in organizations, in jobs than really serves us and to really like know when we're supposed to exit. Like I know for me has been a lifelong lesson. <laughs> and and uh, it's common for people to stay too long. I wasn't there very long and it's just like, okay, this is obviously not where I'm supposed to be right now anymore. And so I, you know, backed I, off before they actually unscribed me and exited me. I, I went back and looked and I was like, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not in the group anymore. But then I didn't even realize it. I've also reached out to some of the people who are higher up who've been willing to communicate and talk to me in the extending the look, you know, stuff happened and we were all trying to figure it out. We all didn't know what we were doing, but the only way we're going to evolve and fix this situation or make the situation better mm -hmm. is if we all continue to talk to each other. It doesn't get better. Yeah. So that's why I'm like when I reached out to you, I was just like, hey, I just want to let you know what happened. But as a result of feeling excluded or not included, I got to the point where, wait, I can't point my fingers and say, well, how come they're not doing this? Why don't I do some of that? And that has led me to textile artists and things like that. So to give Connect the, the dots, connect the dots to textile artists. The punchline of this, as I'm, I'm a creator in my mind and I've always liked to do things and so never could think about doing it. And you know already, because we talked about this, I know you do TM and I started doing TM around the time and meditate and do yoga. And because of the, through things like the pandemic, I've become a daily yoga practitioner and mm -hmm. meditating. But I've always said, and I have been in the wellness community or into wellness, not necessarily part of the community, for years and years and years for myself and for my family. And that's what I was doing as business and being a voice and a different looking type of voice. Because in these industries, we all listen and vibe with different people. So I'm just like, I'm going to say and talk about these type of things from my particular perspective. And here I am. I am a physician. I have a great education. I have training. I've been on the faculty of this and that. And so there are people who are going to notice me because I look like them. So my voice needs to be out there. And I wanted to collect and collaborate with other industry leaders and you know, kumbaya, let's just say it. And <laughs> when you're in the group, it was all about the Benjamins. And so this is my view of the whole thing. I wasn't necessarily going to bring them some type of high dollars because there was the perception that people who look like me aren't really interested in this type of stuff. Right. And that's, that's not Are you speaking about the textile? Stuff? No, I'm talking about the wellness industry. Okay. So the Somebody that looks like you wouldn't be interested in wellness? Well, I'm just saying the wellness industry, if you look at it in the United States, is kind of an elite white industry. Hmm. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you start looking at it, it's, you know, billionaire bro hack, biohackers and elite white women. That's the way it is. And then there was, and then there was me and maybe two or three other people. I mean, literally, you're in a room of hundreds of people and you look around and you're like, wow, this is an interesting experience in yeah. 2018 or 2016 or whenever it first happened. So, but then I got to the point where I was like, okay, I, this is their business and I have, this is not my business and I'm not supposed to say anything. This is not my life purpose or anything like that. But to be here, they've clearly said to me that we're not going to collaborate with you or any of the other stuff that you're here for. So it was like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. I exit. But then I said, you know, I'm into yoga, I'm into wellness, and I would love to have products that represent my ethnic identity. How come there's none like that? I, they're beautiful, but I would love things that are aesthetically pleasing to me. And so after my husband and I created an e-commerce business, has nothing to do, doesn't have to do does an electric bike and electric scooter online business that we sell and when i was searching for somebody to help us figure out how to run this business and make it cash flow and make it go i started seeing people who helped people who want to go into e-commerce pick niches 
So I was like, I said to my husband, we need to do something different. There's there's other things out here that we could do that are close to our passion and be incredibly successful business people with products. Why don't we find some of those products and sell those type of products? We know we like the e-commerce, but we didn't quite choose our product right. Let's hire an expert. So when I hired two different experts, one expert came back with a niche and said, let me show you a really big trending niche, meditation. <laughs> right? You know <laughs> I mean? And I was like, well, I can tell you exactly what I do. And he showed me different products. And he said, well, how you make a niche go is you have to, um, you change products and you make them so that they are unique and you can build an audience based on your niche, but look for an industry and products that are trending. And as soon as he showed this to me, I was like, perfect for me. Perfect. Okay. But my husband's not going to vibe with that because we're looking for business that both of us would. And he went, but now. That was one who gave me a whole niche with several products that I could sell and market and we could make tweak and change to. And he had no idea how we were going to tweak and change it. But immediately I knew what to do with that, like immediately. And to, then, make it, to make it be different. a product that people that looked like you would resonate I'm, I'm with. I'm going to show you. All right. I bought the props. Oh, oh we have visual yeah. aids. Okay. Yay. I will show you. And there are things at manufacturers right now. I'm not going to show you everything. It's too much stuff. But things that are being manufactured right now. That And we're also going to be running a Kickstarter campaign to raise funds so we can do that. That's what I'm saying. When I want collaboration, it's like when I'm running the Kickstarter, just tell your people I'm doing it. This is my friend, Dr. Veronica. She has a Kickstarter. Here are 10 different things at different price points. It could be $5 or it could be $10,000. Just pick one and support her. This is what I'm, this is my call to action. Support me by telling your network this. But you'll, I'll, I'll show it to you later. You're, this is not happening today. But for my husband, who loves our dog and a pet lover, they came up with a pet niche. But we also could see in that what we could do based on our background and experience to make it unique. Right. So we ended up with products in niches that we could see what we would do with it based out of our creative mind that other people aren't doing just because it's not their passion and purpose and it wasn't there for them. So I have created a brand which has yoga and meditation products. We're coming out with several different products at the same time. There are yoga mats, meditation cushions, meditation benches, meditation mats, all based on art, which is from the African diaspora and indigenous okay. cultures of North, Central and South America. And I have wow. with artists to create um, the original designs. So they are wow. copying somebody else's stuff. I mean, I'm going back and forth today with the woman who's designing for me. No, it's do this, it's do that. No, that it, it's, it's, it's absolutely fun. And it's also fun to see your actual products in your hands from a factory yes. when you samples. And it's right. even more exciting when they're about to be shipped in your own packaging design with your own brand. And so as a result of feeling excluded and wanting to be included, I was like, why don't I make the product and include more people? And every time I, now, the interesting part about the products I just, is- I love this. I, I have to interrupt you to say that I love this. I just, I love this. And I love how it's inspired from being excluded. It's like, okay, I'm feeling excluded. I want to create inclusion. Wait, right? let me just tell oh, you wait, really wait. where it came okay. from. I have always strove to- be something other than a victim. Okay, so there's this thing called the Cartman Triangle where the triangle is victim, rescuer, persecutor. And our whole world is seeped in the soup of this triangle to the point where after George Floyd was killed, somehow white men made themselves the victim, interestingly, right? Think about it. Oh, nobody likes us. Nobody's given us. A, they're taking everything away from us. But it's not, it's not their fault because we're all seeped in victimhood. So if you look at the world wars going on right now in the world, they're, both sides of all the wars that are going on are fighting for who's the biggest victim. 
And they will always all be victims because they claim victimhood. And you can only be what you claim. So we're saying, but I am a victim. That's why you'll continue to be a victim. So I'm like, what do I do to be something other than a victim? And there's what's called the the empowerment dynamic, TED, the empowerment dynamic, that you go from instead of victim, rescue, or persecutor, you go from to creator, coach, and challenger. So the persecutor is now the challenger. You have a situation that's challenging you. You're no longer blaming that somebody's persecuting you. The rescuer doesn't sweep in, rescuer white woman, doesn't sweep in and try to fix the situation. They coach people so they can figure out within themselves how to be a creator. So the spiritual lesson and growth was really how to truly not be a victim. What happens when you get put in the circumstances where... It's what you said you didn't want, but I didn't know, how do you know how to be anything on? So I ended up in a position where I cast myself into a victim situation. I said something that, that put me in a situation of a victim and it was, it felt horrible to be a victim. And I'm not saying that they did something, that what they did was right, but I put myself in a situation of the victim. So when I do my coaching and it's the respect method, the R is for reflect, take radical responsibility, and then reflame. So my reflection is I'm, I was still in that drama triangle and I made myself the victim. Now what? <laughs> okay. So you have to, now the, the audience, your audience that listen is aware there's, there's something besides victimhood if they cho- truly choose to not be a victim. And what is that? It's to be a creator, understanding that even when whatever happened, happened, I created it, they created, we co-created those circumstances. And then it was fighting for, then everybody was fighting about who the biggest victim was, because that's what happened, right? So you have white woman savior feeling victimized because they feel bad. You have the people in the upper line who are feeling like victim because everybody's giving stuff to these other people that don't look like us who we, we don't think. They're. And I'm saying it was everybody was fighting to be a victim. And it's like, I needed to move myself out of that suit. But then you're able to look back and say, okay, yeah. here's what happened. Forgive them. They know not what they do. I'm going to forgive myself because it was my fault that I inserted myself in something that was none of my business, really. Why was it none of my business? It's not really directly affecting me. It's not affecting my family. It's not my life purpose. My life was exactly the same before and after the event. Right? So, as of the creator, going from yeah, so the token person in the, the creator, friend. I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. You're you're dying. <laughs> I love this. I love this. I love this. So I love these contexts of these two these two triangles. So give me the two triangles, just the two triangles back to back, because okay, I feel so like the thing is sort of the flip side of each other, right? Yes. And this is how you can transform the Cartman triangle. It's you know, so you look it up, K A R P M A N. You'll see this. So you'll find the pictures. There's victim, rescuer persecutor. And the other one is the empowerment dynamic and it's creator, coach, challenger. So I want to transition to hearing more about the, like, I want to make sure we're connecting the dots really for our listeners. Now, so think about this. I'm in this community where I'm feeling not seen and heard. Now think about this. My book that I came out with after that is called Get the Respect You Deserve. Seven mm-hmm. secrets to getting seen. Another blessing of your experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. Seven secrets to getting seen and heard in your job mm-hmm. and relationships. And that could be so it's professional and personal. How do you get seen and heard? What do you do? Well, first you got to respect yourself. It means you can't be running into places and cow toweling and thinking like you're gonna fit when you really don't fit. Right. So it's like y'all don't respect me, but I'm not respecting myself by being in this damn situation. Goodbye, I need to get out. Seriously, that's what you got to do. Now, the respect method is there's a little bit more than that, but we're not going to talk about all that here. 
but it was like, what, how am I going to create? How am I going to create what I want being in all these different circumstances? And here I am in this industry that I want them to do things for me. Oh, I'm the victim. I want to be rescued. Why don't I create? And this is how I came up with this product line that's just like gorgeous. Okay, I'm going to show you. This is one of the suede yoga mats. Ooh, ooh! The designs, like there's my. This is called the Queen's profile. Oh, okay. Now I could. I didn't see the beautiful African face. Beautiful, and the- oh, there's more than one. You know, we're 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 on Zoom, so it's hard to see that one's. This is one of the designs. I'm just going to show you a couple. This is another yoga mat, which is. This, this is, is your create. This is your creation energy shifting you to a much more empowered and place. And I'm holding real products in my hand. Think about no, which us in the coaching industry, in the service industry, we don't get. <laughs> oh, ooh, 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 dancing ladies! It's a yoga mat, and I wanted products that I would want to get out every morning and get on into now. The interesting thing about these products, I really wanted to, I'm thinking about being inclusive. It's the energy of inclusivity. So of course, when I show it to my friends who are ethnic, they love it. But when I show it to everybody else, they love it too. So I show it to people like you and you're like, ooh, I want one of those. I was in T-Mobile the other day and there was a, a young, you know, hip Caucasian guy helping me. And I started on my phone showing him. He's like, yeah, I've been wanting to get into yoga. I want one of those. Because I really created it because... Things like, you know, meditation and these type of moving practice are not for one people or from one people. There are these type of practices from all types of cultures, including all these indigenous cultures. And they've been more appropriated, I would say, by groups of people, which which is absolutely fine because if they weren't appropriated, I wouldn't have found these things if they weren't, if somebody didn't come and grab it and take it, right? But in the, in the vein of realizing that there's other cultures and histories and peoples and aesthetics and everything like that, who else is going to do this? You wouldn't think of it, would you? Not necessarily. Not that you don't like it. So I said, I'm going to create yoga and meditation products that are based on art from the African diaspora and from indigenous cultures of North, Central, and South America. My Mexican friends like, makes sense. And, you know, I've been to Peru and one of my artists is in, she's Colombian and lives in Colombia. And so It's just been a lot of fun because we're creating original designs, which it has this whole story behind it, (laughs) okay? Because a moment of really being excluded and canceled for speaking about who I was from into a group of people who said they cared about it, but and I'm not sure what their reasoning behind doing it now. I can't guess. They would have to tell me what it was. Do I think they had well-meaning behind when they made a statement that triggered me? Because I was like, how am I walking in a room and there's a thousand white people in me? You're saying you care about black people. And I called them out. And I think we all learned from it in a different way. I don't know all their lessons of learning. There was one guy in the group who really just kind of... And ended up, you know, writing me an email and say, I feel really, I, I, I'm I'm a Christian and I don't know why I did that. And I feel just so horrible about that. I don't even know what came over me and what happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'd be happy to talk to you. And I think in America, before I got married, a boyfriend in who was Italian in, in Italy, and he's like, my favorite women in the world, African-American women. They're fun and they're forgiving. <laughs> so I feel like... <laughs> Part of my purpose is because I've been wrapped like that is to be one of the people that extends the olive branch. And if nobody ever extends the olive branch, we continue to have these wars that go on for centuries. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's got to extend the olive branch. And so I think America, like we're going into an intense time where we're looking at elections and all this. I think we're going to do it differently. I was in yesterday with electricians who were, you know, I got a new kitchen. They were installing my lights and we started having a conversation. And these are two, you know, white men that are younger than me. And I was just like, listen, we were all talking about how we went off the media. 
we were all talking about how we were realizing that we were brainwashed. And I was like, listen, we are not each other's enemies. And we weren't saying that. I was like, we just had to realize that you and I aren't the enemy. Okay. We aren't enemies. And the answer is love. And they were syncing with me. So you have these people that they're from different walks of life and they're decent and they get co-opted <laughs> and they make people think that they're enemies of each other. Yet, I said, think about when you were going through all this stuff and you were having these thoughts, your life was probably really exactly the same it was before. Think back on it. Was it really affecting you? It was emotionally getting to you, but it wasn't really your reality. And so if we're going to figure out how to move forward, we have to continue to talk to each other and the answer's got to be love. And the thing is, so when I created Instead of being a victim, I became really in the circumstance a creator. And I, I'm glad I went through that circumstance or I wouldn't have created it. If you included me, I wouldn't have this brand that people are so excited about launching. I wouldn't. Everybody that looks at it is just like, oh, my God, it's going to be so great. Like my husband's like, oh, these are going to sell a whole lot. I mean, I, ha I go places, I show people and they're just like, please let me know when it comes out. And I'm building a business that I, I want to be one of those businesses that people buy and take public or whatever that they do based on including all different types of people. So this is not to the exclusion of white men or white women. It is to the inclusion of everybody. This show, I made a brand. I learned how to speak French from meeting Angelique at Sassy. Think I about know. I'm speaking French because I went into that intense circumstance, met Lisa Sasevich, went to an event where I met my French teacher. Okay. So I was supposed to be there and I've learned, I spent time in the South of France. So I came up with a brand that was based that sounds French. My brand is called Zavour. <laughs> I want something that was ethnic, but also sounded like couture brand, right? I hired a branding agency. I mean, it's been just really a lot of fun. fun. And what's happening fun. next is we are now in the throes of creating a Kickstarter campaign to be able to fund it. And so that's where I said, you know, it, it was sucking being the token or the token friend. And if you don't know what a token is, go look it up, whatever, learn. It, it was sucking being in that position. And I was like, I, I don't want to be here. My voice is still strong. Would I collaborate with people who didn't want to collaborate with me before? Yeah, if you decide that you want to, we figure out how to do something together. We all need to have our come to Jesus moment. And so my reflection is, Forgive me. I didn't know what I was doing. Forgive right. them. They didn't know what they were doing. None of us knew what we were doing during that time. We all didn't know what to do. So just as you were saying, okay, I'm going to invite people on my podcast. You were doing what you knew how to do. You were doing the best you could at that time. We were all, given that circumstance, because think about how horrible that was for the world, everybody. Yeah. We were all doing the best that we could. And so that involves now being able to say, let's move on. Let's let go. Let's move on. Let's do different energy. But how can I go from ashes to beauty? How can I go from these ashes to beauty? And that's, yeah. that's where Zavor and the products came for. And, you know, yeah, because I love of the it. pandemic, it made me more disciplined with my yoga and meditation practice because what was going to keep me calm and, and centered during when nobody knew what was happening in the world. It was yoga and meditation and that kind of stuff that kept me calm and centered and able to make me step back. Like when I wrote the post, I said, y'all need to go back to your yoga mats and, and <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll have to pull it out. I screenshot it and saved it because I'm like, nobody will, re nobody will remember it. But, but I, I look at it and I laugh because I'm grateful. See, this is the thing. In, with my coach now, he says, you always need to be able to look at any circumstance and say, God is good all the time and be grateful. And so I want to do it closer to the event. 
or right yes. after the event, or right after. Right. The that's what, that's that's the evolution we inspire. We aspire we're to. Aspiring it. to that, but to be yes. able to, you know, I've gotten to a point where you're like, well, why did that happen? To be able to get to a point, oh, that happened because God had something better and bigger for me. So I needed mm-hmm. to have that happen to put a light under me to make me do something different. Yeah, and I'm gonna go back to all those people and offer and say, hey, if you want an opportunity to collaborate, here it is. You want to yeah. do something that'll really help me and and the world and feel good about it. Here, here's the opportunity to do it. Yeah. If you feel like it's vibing with you, say yes and support it. And yes. so I think realize that a lot of the people you deal with of all races and nationalities and everything. We want business and we want collaborators. We want meaningful collaborations. And so I went into the group looking for meaningful collaborations. And I think I have many more of those now than I do from back then to the point of I decided I want to do more in corporate and I've gone to an event and immediately within 24 hours had people asking me to collaborate with them. And just in a, on a completely different level, talking about these type of spiritual things. Yeah, I love because it. If you look in corporate America now, one of the highest searches is about spiritual issues. And not yeah. many people were talking about it or ready to talk about it. Oh, and talking about it in a way that's just not totally whack and woo-woo that people can read. <laughs> Wait, so I'm going to summarize. I'm going to summarize before we like go into our little final segment here because- you're laying down some truth here, girl. And I want to make sure that I'm taking away what I feel are the highlights from this conversation. So I really hear the acknowledgement of the blessing of what happened in the group of predominantly white women. You're the black person. You say something. You created this victim dynamic for yourself. You're noticing this pattern of everybody's just competing to be the one that that's the victim. and the spiritual lesson learned of it's time for me to leave this group. (laughs) Like my time is complete. And in the metabolizing of that experience, really, you know, getting to this place of the, I'm hearing the opposite of victim is creation, is being creative, being a creator. And so it's inspired you to want to and crave almost, I'm hearing like to create this, a product something that's tangible, something that represents, you know, people like you, something that people that look like you would be attracted to, but also inclusivity, which I think is really what makes this like, you know, world go round and 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 have such our, our like these interesting cultures like really coming to the forefront because the people that do look like those cultures that resonate with those cultures are making a decision to represent the them in movies to represent them in products, then it right it creates aware, awareness, but also a an accessibility for somebody that looks like me to look at these beautiful products that you're creating with these artists that you're seeking out that you're giving representation to, which is all of that just sounds fucking awesome, you know. And then I get to I get to support it, clicking and buying or you know sharing your Kickstarter, however I do it, and so. I'm also hearing and taking away, like, I feel like there's an opportunity now. It sort of like reminds me of like when, you know, you experience loss and right away people are like sending you cards and, you know, like, oh, I'm so sorry and anything I could do. And then like, right, two years go by, like, I'm still grieving, but there isn't (laughs) as many people that are asking, how can I help? So it is, I feel like what we're saying here, I'm saying, and you're saying is like to remember it isn't all solved yet. The racial issues and the dynamic there isn't, is definitely not solved. And to look within and say, is there more to do? You know, asking, how can I help? Asking me, what do you need? Not how are you doing? <laughs> do you want any help? To- yeah, do you want any help? If so, what is it? I, great. Yeah. Thank and, and I that's we important. We're going to get there and we're never going to get there because it's not, not a destination where it's all right. going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Works or the universe works or anything like that. There's always going to be some kind of problem. This is, this is how we all evolve. So it's never going to be paradise here. This is what we're here. <laughs> but the only way we get closer to any 
peace and harmony and love is if we continue the conversation. So my part in this conversation is to say that first, ask the question of how you can help and do, do you want help? And yes or no, do you want do you want help in this area? Yes or no? Okay. Do you have a way you would like me to help? And listen to what that person said. This is what I got. But also form genuine relationships. The reason why we are talking now is because we have a genuine relationship that we can frankly talk to each other. And it has nothing to do with the And we're willing to frankly talk to each other. Like, I think it doesn't have to do with our color. You know, it has to do with that we are in in a soul group together where we're evolving and learning together. And we've been put together for a particular purpose that we don't even necessarily see right now. And so we have to keep the conversation open. We yeah. have to, for people to hear that they can be something besides a victim and to look in their life to consider, where am I being a victim? A lot of people bond with a group of people because they're victims. And so I live a life where most of the people that I hang out with most of the time don't necessarily look like me. They look all kinds of ways. Why? Because I've chosen to not identify and collaborate and be around people who are going to continue the victim narrative. And a lot of times when you're in the African-American culture in America, that's the narrative that's going on. That's what people bond around. They bond around health disparities. They bond around. We ain't treated right. We're on the plantation still, even though we can't move. No, we cannot move forward and have a solution if we continue to be a victim seeped in a problem. And so for me at this moment in time, now you're going to do it another interview in two or three years because we'll see. moment <laughs> in time, what I'm saying is we have to keep the open, figure out what is the highest and best form of love. It is to love yourself first. And so you did the right thing by self-soothing and podcasting or whatever you were doing. Love yourself deeply first. But then after you feel like that, If you're loving yourself and you have people that are in your community who part of you loving yourself is having great people in your community that are the different types of people, to talk to them when these things come up and say, you want to talk about that even? Do you even want to talk about it? Is this something we should be talking about? I I want you to know that I care. but And I have other friends that we never even talked about it. I think these are great suggestions. About this issue because that's not what our relationship is about. So all these things happened in the world. And think about it. You have friendships. We hardly talked about any of those things because it's not what our friendship is built on. So I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you, for you to listen, because I I will always consider you a friend. I appreciated your coaching. I appreciated hearing about parts of your life, your relationship with your husband, your Bella, and what's going on with your sister. And, you know, I was listening with you and Lisa Sasevitz talking on there, like girlfriend in. And, but when we were coaching together, you were just honest and sharing who you were. And I was at that point in time saying, listen, I'm an intuitive. I'm a psychic. This is something that I've been built to do. How do I do this as a really a business? This is what I'm meant to do. So how do I do that? And you were instrumental in helping that vision going forward. And now it's in a totally different realm where there are people who are collaborating with me and bringing me into arenas that you would never, ever thought somebody who has that skill would be. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just interesting. So, <laughs> I'm so happy. Wow. What's happening and what you get taught is I'm a projector in human design also. I have to wait for the invitation and wait for recognition. And I have the freak genius channel. And so when I spoke out in that group, I didn't have the recognition or the invitation. And my freak genius channel made one thing happen. After the people thought I was brilliant and I was saying what I should, and other people said she's full of crap and get rid of her. That's the, that was my human design. <laughs> okay, yeah. that was my human we design. do a whole other podcast on human design. Yeah. I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring our conversation to a, a beautiful landing. We could talk for hours, and I know you're right. We'll do another show in a couple of years, and we'll hear about your company, successful company, and I will be sharing about your Kickstarter. Whoever else you want to be supported, because I'm gonna like walk the talk that we've been talking about here, and I'm really excited about it, and. And I know that the listeners are going to take away 
something, something that they feel a stirring about. And I'm inviting you all to listen to that stirring, even if it's a little uncomfortable, the payoff will be there. And I want to thank you, Dr. Veronica, for coming back to the GFR show, for sharing so vulnerably about your experience and the blessing that came from all that. So thank you. Thank you. Love you very much. Continue to do this podcast because they're great to listen to. And I love to listen to (laughs) your solo ones where you share rawly what's going on in your life. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Bye-bye everybody for now. Was that not an adventure or what? Oh my gosh. Like it was so hard for me to close down our conversation or come to like a pause. I'm like, we got to have you back. You're like, she's like, you heard her say a couple years, she'll be back with some new lessons learned. So she has a cool quiz that she's gifting the listeners, which is what's keeping you from having a satisfying relationship. It's a five minute quiz to find out what is your number one relationship mistake? I think. If I was not in a relationship, I would definitely want to take that quiz. So check out that link in the show notes for the quiz and below the video, wherever you're listening or watching this podcast. If you haven't gotten your GFR commandments, your get fucking real commandments, your roadmap for getting real, please take advantage of that free resource. And uh, Dr. Veronica's favorite GFR commandment was number one, which is don't compromise. And that confession question is, what are you tolerating? One of my favorite, favorite questions. And if you're new to us, please subscribe, follow all the good things so you don't miss any of these amazing stories that will inspire you to keep going and live your purpose and speak your truth. Over and out for now.